I'm a hard working man. I wear a steel hard hat. I can ride rope, hammer and paint, do things with my hands that most men can't. I can't get ahead no matter how hard I try. I'm getting really good at barely getting by. <laughs> I thought that was fitting. <laughs> I'll, that I'll was great, there. man. I don't, I don't that was great. That. <laughs> Thanks so much for opening up the show. See, that wasn't so bad. Was that so Not bad? so bad. Not so bad. No, it was, it was all good. Well, welcome to the construction life. Thanks so much, man. And uh, we're actually we're talking. Well, you're on one end of the country, and I'm on. I guess, technically speaking, almost at the other end of the country. Uh, but yeah, so it's great that we're three hours away, three or three hour yeah. time difference, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about your business and your your trade and all kinds of stuff. But I noticed that it's very warm out west, uh, unseasonably yeah. warm right now, right? Yeah, yeah. It was 21 degrees in the truck driving home right now. Yeah, oh, we're envious. Well, here, I guess we're getting a high <laughs> of seven or eight. That's what we're getting here, man. So, <laughs> yeah. we're, uh, we're not there yet. No, no, we're not there yet. But you guys are about to get a lot of rain, I guess, for the yeah, winter season. Yeah, starting on Friday. We'll be, we'll be locked into winter, I think. Cool. All right. So a uh, quick shout out to the guys that I'm wearing, which is Maple Leaf Construction. They do a lot of demo underpinning. They do a lot of... They do a lot of form work, I think, too, foundation stuff. So oh, yeah. uh, they gave me a T-shirt, which is totally cool. And I'm always wearing somebody else's different T-shirt while I'm doing awesome. this podcast. So it's really cool, man. I don't have to worry about wardrobe. So it's fine. It's great. <laughs> ben, you so... wardrobe stock. No, I know. Exactly. I'm all stocked <laughs> up. Everybody wants to know. So www.chasecontractingltd.com. And then the email is ben at chasecontractingltd.com. And then on Instagram is chasecontractingltd. And uh, where, where do you want to begin, That's it. man? Uh, well, okay, let's uh, let's go back to my song there for a second. That was cool. kind of my my wannabe intro. Uh, two things with that song. Uh, so, hardworking man, obviously, uh, we're all trying to be. Uh, my first thing with that is we hundred percent need more women in construction. One thousand uh, percent for sure. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I worked with a really good woman uh, when I was back in Edmonton, and I think that probably opened me up to it more than I probably was before type thing and the balance of a, a brute like me just pushing forward versus somebody that thinks about things and plans ahead is is needed everywhere was she in um, concrete and then the second uh no actually when i was at edmonton i was doing uh, commercial industrial framing primarily okay. yeah yeah okay. lots of lots of glue work and beam work as well heavy so heavy stuff. yeah I, that's yeah that's my first thing on that song and then the second thing is, is we also need more men in construction and nobody wants to say it but more gritty people that are willing to do the hard work you know <laughs> you you mean you mean we need more men like men <laughs> yes that's what we need. and that's probably that's probably that's probably right across the right across the board and i might uh might push some buttons with that no one, but, you uh, haven't yeah. been you haven't said anything i disagree with you man no no not at all i totally agree with you about on both of those key points man yeah it's true all right. So how is it? I know that through the show and speaking to so many people, we only have 3% of the workforce is female. I yeah. mean, we're, we're kind of lagging. I know the U.S. is a little bit greater comparison-wise compared to what they have going on down there. Um, I don't know what it is around the world, but I, I think Canada should have more women in the industry. I think we should. We yeah, need it. 100%. I think that they, they add so much value to the construction industry, and I definitely think that they'll – make our businesses and the actual industry a lot better so it's very important yep. so i mean we have to figure out how we can get more women in here and uh yeah and, and unfortunately you've got um the non-men so to speak that are maybe making hard things difficult for them to get in 
And then sometimes you get the cavemen that are making it just as difficult for them to get into it. So we kind of want to have a a middle ground there and just more men that want to embrace women in the industry and invite more women in the industry. So it's important. So I love that you brought that up as a starting point, man. I don't don't know how to help that problem, but yeah, it's definitely something that uh, I'm open to it 100%. I can't say I have a female employee right now, but there hasn't been one that's come across my desk. So I, I, there's nothing I can, yeah, I'll keep pushing, but we'll see what happens. First thing to do, Ben, is just start talking about it, man. And having a lot of people talk about and discuss it. And then that's it. Yeah. I know uh, my sister started her carpentry career a year ago and she's already killing it on the crew she's working on. And I think she's smoking half the boys. So yeah. Nice. Younger. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. She's about four years younger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very, very cool, man. So how did it all, how did it all start for you, Ben? Uh, well, right back to the to the little kids swinging a hammer. I'm, I'm a third generation carpenter, so it's kind of it's it's in my blood and it's what I've what I've known. And you know, everything from dad bringing home a box of nails and some scraps of plywood and building tree forts in the backyard. I think you can ask just about anybody, but I've been building something my whole life type deal. So it was it was bound to happen. How young are you, man? Uh, thirty. Okay, oh, man, you're a yeah. kid. You're a kid. <laughs> you're a kid, man. I'm 50, so it's just like you're a kid to me. So it's good that. And then your dad yeah. was doing the same thing. Uh yeah, yeah. He kind of he kind of did it all. Uh, he was a superintendent up into the 80s, and then started his own. Uh, uh, kind of, I think he started more as like framing and forming residential, and then he pushed his company into commercial industrial, which is similar to what I'm doing now. And uh, yeah, he did a bunch of developing and stuff like that as well. So I've actually, there are days where I remember working on site with both my old man and my grandpa, which is pretty, pretty fucking cool. <laughs> There's gotta be some serious life lessons there, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what was, I guess, what was the, one of the first lessons that I guess your, your, your granddad and your dad would have taught you getting into the business? Um, I think just looking back that I think hard work was, you know, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, but if you just keep pushing forward and working hard, it can, it can really, it can get you somewhere. I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say I got half a brain on me. I think a lot of where I am is just because I'm not willing to stop. That's good to know. I see you got a little puppy in the background there. <laughs> yeah. He's hanging out on his bed. I mean, <laughs> he's just he's chilling out. That's all he's doing. So, I mean, yeah. how was it that first step when you told, I guess, your dad that you were going to go on your own, I guess, and start building your own thing and growing from there? Uh, well, I guess I should probably backwards a little bit. Uh, so I, I worked under his company until I was 21 and was a journeyman carpenter at that time. And I, I moved to Edmonton for about two and a half years. And in that time, uh, he started what what we call as his retirement, which is he just builds awesome, cool projects for himself instead of working for other people. <laughs> so he uh, he closed he closed his forming company down, and when I moved back, uh, he basically just told me he's like, oh, I think you need to start your own thing now. I'm like, okay, I don't know where where what to what to do with that, and uh, uh, yeah, so I just I I started and I started doing kind of renos and small projects when I moved back to BC. And as kind of word spreads and you start talking to more and more people, uh, one thing led to another. And I got back into the commercial industrial formwork sector, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good ride. 
So, I mean, Ben, you, you haven't chosen the easiest trades out there. Like you, no, you went right, not. you right, you were right into the most difficult ones. Yeah. Like that's at 21 years old. And then you're now 30. That's a good decade of hard work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And how is it out West there? I mean, is it dramatically different? I'm very familiar with how it is in the Eastern side here, but out West, I know you guys build a lot of stuff right on rock, right on grade. You, you start forming from that point, right? Yeah. Um, where, where we are, like I'm, we're, we're in Surrey. So we're an hour outside of Vancouver and I, I do a lot of my work within that range. Um, for us, we're, I'm quite often I'm building on mud or gravel that was put on top of mud. Uh, we're not building on rock too often, unless you're getting closer to the water. Uh, we did do a house, uh, when I was still an apprentice and no footings on the walls. We just scribed our forms right to the bedrock and drilled our rebar right into the bedrock, which oh. that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that was a fun house to work on. That's something that you would try to do in your backyard when you're building a fort, man. And now yeah, you're exactly. I'll, uh, that way. I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to send you some pictures of that house. Oh, that's wicked, incredible. man. That'd be wicked. Yeah. I've seen some of it. I know that the boys out West are pound for pound, uh, Tim and the yep. guys there. So they, they do a lot of that stuff and he's always, it's yeah. always a challenge. He's, he's, ki he's killing it up there. In Whistler, I know, I know, sure. I know. He's doing yeah. really good work for such yeah. a kid too, man. He's always hungry. Yeah, for sure. That's funny, man. Okay, so then now your dad told you, and then he was building his own projects, and now you're going on your yeah. own. Yeah, he was. Uh, he he helped me out for the first few years for sure. Uh, still does to this day on pricing and everything else. But for the first few years, he was uh, working with me. Hey, we'll have to edit this one out, man. <laughs> no, no problem. What's his name? That's a first. <laughs> what? There he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Sorry about that. He's gone. What's he's his go name? He's gone now. Uh, Rowan. Rowan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have taken his collar off beforehand. That's too funny. There's me right for not having a door on the office, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he helped me out for the first, well, probably, probably even four, four years type thing. Uh, working with me on site and helping with constant pricing and stuff like that and just getting, getting set up. And uh, he still works. 10 times harder than any of the kids that are out there to this day. What were, what were the, the, what was, I guess, uh, some of the biggest challenges for you? Like, was it the pricing? Was it just the business running, negotiating with clients, negotiating with like trades or like uh, uh, employees, 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 Strictly employees. have to be, I, I think that's, that's the biggest struggle is it's not, it's not a lack of work and a lack of good work. It's just, finding enough and the right people that can can let you build those dreams type deal like you need, you need a lot of men to start doing commercial industrial forming and part of that is i've also switched over to trying to adapt to new technology to save on that labor cost as much as humanly possible like what kinds of things are you looking at like machinery? Um, so uh, yeah, like, well, we, we run a tele, telehandler on our sites uh, when needed. Um, but I, I also have uh, bought ferrazine formwork, uh, steel form panels. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I was reached, I actually, it's funny enough, is Tim is the one that first told me about those. Yeah, so I have, like, my form panels are two meters by three meters is our biggest size that we have. Okay. And there's only four tie holes in there. So I can work with a small crew and a machine, and we can get a lot of wall up quick with minimal it's lego it's lego pieces you stack them and you clamp them together so things like that trying to do as much as that as possible to cut down on the amount of man hours that are needed on site 
Um, and then I've also worked on training with a robotic total station for all of our site layout. And that way we're uh, eliminating a lot of string lines and pulling tapes. And on my own, I can, I can walk around the site and lay out a large portion without, without needing a second man there. So now are these lessons that your dad taught you or these are lessons that you're picking up just because of the, the lack of workforce out there that you're looking at this going, um, I need to stream? I, I would say both. I, I think he, uh, I, I don't remember as much technology back in the day when I was no. working with him. I, and there was a lot, you know, you, you'd get guys walking onto your job sites looking for work and you just don't have that now type thing. So he's actually been one of the pushers to be like, well, what if, what if you look into this, try this and, yeah and it's working it is it is it is we we got a system and that that being said what employees i I have a good crew right now we're always looking to expand but i I have what i need right now to keep pushing forward at the rate we're going at how many tradesmen you got on the crew right now uh it's me and five guys and we got one guy in school right now okay so we're we're on the smaller side i would say that's a healthy size crew yeah yeah. And then strictly focusing on custom resi, or are you still doing some commercial stuff? Uh, we're primarily commercial industrial forming. Okay. Would All be right. our, our big thing. We, we do, we do some uh, residential work, but most of that work is for kind most of those jobs are coming through my commercial industrial clients and that's how I'm getting that work. Uh, like okay. we're, we're doing one house in white rock right now and it's a full concrete home. Uh, concrete floors, concrete walls. A lot of it remains exposed as the exterior finish on the house. Wow. And that's for one of my commercial clients. Wow. Yeah. How do you guys tackle that kind of project, man? You're doing all the, the foundation uh, first and then you're rebarring and tying in all the slabs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, um, I, I don't tie rebar or I try not to. It's usually, I just leave that under uh, the GC to hire that themselves. Okay. But yeah, you're one, you're one floor at a time. So we started with the basement walls, got those up and then uh, suspended slab sits on top of the basement walls. Second floor goes up, do it again. And then we get to the third floor and roof. And yeah, it was a fun project right on the water in White Rock there. It was a lot of fun. So I'm always curious because I know that here in back in Ontario, we're pretty f- uh, familiar with either 20 or 25 MPA concrete. It's pretty yeah. standard 15 mil rebar i mean with with uh you guys out west there are there more seismic restrictions that you guys have to definitely definitely and i think that would be the reason that a company like mine just doesn't touch rebar is that there is so much poundage of steel in a lot of the work that we're doing that it just it takes a whole nother crew to take on that scope of work yeah we're i I don't want to know how much weight was in that 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 house but lot, lots of 20 m bar uh Ouch. 10 inch thick walls lots of ties everything's wow. seismic yeah so you're yeah you're tying everything together but that house yeah. is not going anywhere anytime soon no the only thing that's going to happen if anything ever happens it's going to slide down the hill as one solid piece <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen i'm sure it's a beautiful looking I think, home i don't think it's going to happen no okay so you being i guess technically you're an elder millennial and then you're looking for millennials to come on the crew or to join the construction industry. Are yep. you guys having the same problem out west that we're having the same problem out east here and all over the world? From what I'm understanding, yeah, there's a there's a short, there's a shortage and there's a shortage of people that are wanting to be in the trades. And hopefully we can get that turning a little bit. But I think it's a slow turn before it'll be too late when it is realized what opportunity is in the trades. We're already too late. We're yeah. already too yeah, late. We're, That's we're a problem. Far too late. 
Yeah. No, but I, I mean, I want to ask you, Ben, is like, okay, so what was the real reason why you got into construction? It wasn't just because it's in the family. I mean, there must have been another reason. Um, yeah, it's just like, like I say, you, you could find me in the backyard building forts and like constantly working my hands, building things from a very young age. And I, I still go to work every day and I love what I do. I love looking at whatever I accomplished and I'm proud of it. And I, I'm fortunate that I have a, a mind for it so I can visualize it well and see what I'm going to build prior to building it. And I, I think a lot of people struggle with that aspect uh, in life. And uh, yeah, I can, I can see it well and it just, it works for me and I go to work happy every day. So that's a damn good thing. I think. Nice man. Are all the guys on the crew, are they all red seal? Uh, I only have one other uh, carpenter right now. Okay. Uh, the rest are apprentices slash laborers type thing. And there was one student that you mentioned that, or no? Yeah. Little high school kid. Uh, he has actually just gone back to high school, but he's doing his like pre-app program we have out here. So he'll finish his grade 12 with his first year of carpentry. That's under his awesome, belt, man. That's great to hear. Is, it's a good little program and he seems like a keener. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he comes back come spring and summertime. What's involved in the program? What are they asking the, the student to do? Um, so it, it, it gives you your first year of carpentry. So you'll learn about uh, basic house framing, survey layout, uh, some foundation stuff. I think they've changed the curriculum a little bit, but he'll spend his second semester. Uh, half of it will be at a trades like high school. And then the other half will actually be at the trades carpentry school, like where I went to and completed my four years of schooling. So they, they do learn a lot. It unfortunately, the hard thing with a lot of those courses is kids are going into them with no knowledge or experience and they're coming out not realizing what the job actually entails. And I've hired different people out of those programs and it's often the six months in they go, Oh, I think I'm going to, this doesn't work for me. I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. And you go, well, you wasted six months. You know, you, you could have just gone to work instead of going to school for six months and found out that you didn't like it prior to, but it, it's at least getting kids in the trades at a young age and getting them on that path. So it, it is helping, I think. Do they not kind of give the kids a fair representation of what the real world is? Or is there a little bit of a disc? They don't, eh? Uh, Manny, I'm sure you know it. Uh, schooling doesn't teach anybody anything about the job <laughs> they're trying to acquire. I'm, I'm a firm believer I've, in that. I've, uh, yeah, I've said it all the time. The school should actually be right on the job site. It should just yeah. drop it right there. And this is where the school is. Yeah, yeah we, we've said, I, I actually am not close, but I, I know one of the teachers pretty well at the carpentry school here. And I've told him several times to just bring kids to site for a day and let's like, you know, have them build a wall with us or something. It just, even if it's the whole class and, you know, something gets done and they actually see what's happening. And instead they come out of these programs and we still have to teach them how to use a skill saw. Well, <laughs> that should have been that should have been the first thing shouldn't that's, it? that's basic one-on-one at that moment yeah right yeah well, that's day, that's day one or what did the two. teachers say to your idea because me personally i think that's a brilliant idea i i think a lot of their problem with stuff like that is uh it all comes down to liability and insurance right they just can't which but is that not ben that's <laughs> life like that's yeah, yeah. they could cross the street and have liability like yeah, it's just yeah. being on a job site with a competent employer instructor teacher four person like that's yep. they'll they'll take care of them they'll take care of them like they're not going to put them in harm's way right no of course 
But we're also so not going to bubble wrap everything on the job site just because we've got kids on the job site either, right? We can't do true. that. You exactly. Have to have a real, yeah. Something like that would would show them what it is and gain some experience for them. But I'll, I'll keep pushing on that one. We'll see. We'll see if. Well, you have uh, good luck with it because I, I I think it's a brilliant idea and I think it should happen and it'd be great if the government could back it up and not realize. Okay, well, what if it. I mean, like, I'm older than you, and your dad probably remembers as well, too. Like, I mean, we rode our bikes, and we crashed, and we fell, and we, yeah. had, we had scratches on our knees, and we got back up, and we're like, oh, look, I could see bone. That's fine. Don't worry. Keep on walking. <laughs> yeah. That's on normal yeah. stuff. We fell out of a tree. Yeah. We jumped off our garages. Like, we did all these things, and yeah. that's nothing compared to what happens on a legitimate job site. So, yeah. uh, technically speaking, a job site is safe, and life is not safe, right? So Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's the way it should be. It should be. <laughs> So we, yeah, we I know that, that, that's a constant theme with the show is like, we're constantly trying to figure out how do we get these kids wanting to get into construction and trying to pair them up with the right people, the right situations, and then hopefully convince the ones that have a passion for it to stay in it and want to yeah. learn more and go from there. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> no, but, I, but I know it's tough. I, I, I'm sure your dad sees a difference between when he was your age to now. Uh, oh, regarding would be, the employment pool, right? It would be staggering, and honestly, like for me, yeah, I've been at it. You could say you could say fifteen years since I started seriously working, and the difference I've seen in that time is mind blowing. Even the difference I've seen since in the last ten years is insane. Just the work ethic in people and the grit. There's the grit is the grit's gone. You know, like you you get mud on you and you used to smile and keep pushing on. And now you'll get guys that get a splash of mud on them. They got to go wash themselves off of the truck or what? like, it's, it's, it's a different world and it's going to be interesting to see what it, it's only going to probably get worse. And it'll be interesting to see what companies like mine are able to do with that and keep pushing forward. I remember one of my first jobs, uh, obviously, you know, um, the mud just caped right in. And we couldn't get the waterproofing on as we're trying to get out of the hole. And yeah. so it was my responsibility at that point to start digging up wet mud in the rain, wearing <laughs> yeah. rubber boots that the mud started going inside the boots. And then you're, you got your rain gear on and it's covered in mud. And you're yep. just like, this absolutely sucks. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is brutal. I hate this shit. But then all of a sudden you complete the project and you look back and you're like, I had a hand in building that house. Yep. And, that, and that's the and corner that I was digging in dirt for the longest time to try to make it clean so that I can waterproof this this concrete, right? But that's why those, we do those it. Those dirty, crummy moments are the ones you always remember, too. And you always, you know, if, if somebody that was working with you back then, you look at them and go, oh, remember that time that the mud was caving in on us and what we had to do? And the, the, those are the ones that make the stories. And that's what, you know, you share around the campfire or whatever. Yeah, I know. It's just, I guess it's just like war stories, right? We just kind of figure out. And then whoever's there <laughs> backing us up, right? And then you've yeah. got your crew and they all watch out for each other. Um, are you guys, where are the, all, all the guys with grit? Where are all the hardworking guys coming from? Because I hear all the time and I've seen it, farm guys, guys that have been raised on the farm, guys that have worked on the farm. These guys yeah. have, have that kind of uh, course in them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's what you're seeing out west as well, as well. Uh, I would say so. I, I'm not seeing a lot of it at all, wow. <laughs> as far as the grit goes. I, I think with with us, we have a we have one of our things. I think a lot of our labor force with 
uh, construction and especially on the concrete side, a lot of it gets taken up by all the high rises and whatnot. Then a lot of the bigger companies can, they can offer so much to take on, you know, what, what great guys are out there are, they're getting eaten up with a high salary and us smaller guys can't sometimes match it or provide as much. You can't fault them. I mean, security, oh, good pay, yeah. pension. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. You can't fault them for that, right? I mean, a lot Not of guys in this industry, that's exactly what they're looking for. That security, yeah. the stability. Like, my girlfriend's pregnant. I'm going to get married. I need all this security, right? So it has to, yeah. it, really. And, and, you, and, and all the best to them. Hopefully, they, it works out great for them, right? Yep. Yeah. And as a guy, just got to keep striving to provide as much as humanly possible to get to that point. How's the competition out there, Ben? Is it very, uh, is there a lot? No, I think you can talk to anybody and, uh, I, I don't think, I don't think there is competition. I think there's such a lack of workforce that uh, people that are in good with their clients, just, they stay on that track. And I think a lot of clients are just keeping, keeping the crews they know because that they, they know them and they know work's going to get done right and get done well versus, hopping over to the guy with the cheaper price probably isn't gonna gonna go that well for him well so, i mean personally I, we're all we're all friends and there's no competition in my mind we're there's enough work to go around for everybody so we just keep pushing forward that's great to hear and i always i've said it over and over it's not necessarily competition it's, it's a community right everybody yeah, there's, there's more than enough food on the table right yeah um and then the whole crew is it all the same age roughly around the same age yeah, pretty much. I think my oldest guy is 37 and okay. down to not down to 19. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you guys yeah, are basically so, going to be a tight knit crew for the next little while, unless things dramatically change for individuals there. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the end goal is the, the crew I have to just keep that moving steady and moving forward. And if we can build on it, great, but yeah, I'm not looking to, yeah, we've we got a good thing going right now. So we're happy with that. Awesome, man. So any other, I want to dive more into some of the new technology that you're working with and some of the new tricks that you're seeing on the blueprints. And I'm also assuming a lot of the guys, uh, you'd be surprised how many kids don't know how to read drawings, eh? <laughs> drawings or tape measures. Well, yeah, I've heard the tape measures, man. I don't understand that. How is, yeah, that, how yeah. is that not possible? Uh, yeah, I think with us being in the, the student uh, let's say the, the learning is all done metric and we don't teach fractions and stuff enough. And then you get people in the trades and it's their first time trying to figure out how many eights go into a quarter and uh, yeah. It, and, and where that actually, where that, where that little line's located. That's why they have the tape measures. They got the tape measures that tell you which one's the quarter and which one's the eighth, right? So they really don't know what a 16th, a 32nd, an 8th quarter, they don't know what any of those are? Definitely not in the beginning. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Do they pick I, it up easily? I, I, they must pick it up easily. Yeah, for the most part. Um, I've also... Uh, MT Copeland, I think is what it's called. They have like these construction training courses and they're all online and I've put a couple guys through them because they have like a basic construction math one. It's only going to take them six hours. So nice. they do it over a couple of evenings or things like that, that you kind of realize, oh, that, that'll help get this guy to the point because it's not quite clicking when I'm explaining or something like that. So a few beers in six hours and he totally knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Okay, so that works. And then are, are they able to read drawings? 
or is it the same problem uh, at that point? Um, well, all my guys being apprentices, I, I try to show them the drawings as much as possible, but it's, it's that whole thing of being able to see it in your head, not just looking at the paper, right? Just seeing the end product in your head of what you're actually building. I think it's hard. It's, I don't know why, but it, it seems to just keep getting harder and harder for people to visualize what they're actually building. I guess they're so used to wanting to see 3D modeling or they want to yeah. see the pages come alive. But that's, I mean, you, you correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, like, that's part of the whole process. That's that's the part of your 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 job, the scope. Like, you have oh, to yeah. take something that's 2D and make yeah. it three-dimensional, make it correct. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, really need to understand to... that, like, basically, right? It's really important mm -hmm. to understand that. Yeah, for sure. So and, it's interesting yeah. that... Um, um, I wanted to, I totally forgot something that I was going to just ask you now. I was just trying to figure out, oh, I had it in my head. <laughs> Frustrating. So, I mean, damn, it was about drawings. It had something to do with drawings. Oh, so when you guys are starting up, like this is what I, I okay. Every trade, every um, milestone trade. So when yep. you look at the, the excavator foundation, then you get into the framers, you get into the roofers, you, you start creating the design, you start creating the shell of the structure and everything like that. It's, it's the students themselves would give themselves a, a, a leg up and if they actually sat back and paid attention to what I call the symphony, where you guys come in, you have the drawings and you've got an empty slate, like you got a clean, clean slate there. And obviously yep. you take your drawings. I want you to kind of walk the listeners too, because we've got a lot of these young guys listening to the show. What What is your process about marking the drawings and getting everything ready? And then so-and-so handles this and so-and-so handles that. Like everybody has a task that's attached to the actual scope of work, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, like if we're starting footings on a brand new build, you know, you pull up the plan table and I set it up. And quite often in the night before, I've already gone through and figured out all my offsets and tried to redline them in pencil. So that way we know <clears throat> a good amount of the math is already pre-done because drawings are another thing that's only getting worse and worse. Uh, the less and less information provided and so much more work that we're having to do to come up with the answers and whatnot. And as per contractor on site, as per yeah. contractor yeah. on site, as per contract, man, will you please do your job? Like I just yeah. like the engineer and the architect, please do your job. No. Yeah. I got one right now that even when I ask them the question, they, they look at me like I'm the guy that <laughs> doesn't know anything and gets pretty frustrating after a while. <laughs> they eventually get back to you and give you the answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the most part, but uh, it would just be better if drawings were drawn. In my mind, if, yeah, if, if drawings were done properly with proper dimensions, I, I shouldn't have to even do math to figure out footing dimensions and whatnot. It, that that should be there. It should be clear. And it's, well, just eliminate errors, right? That's all we're trying to do is just eliminate errors. Er errors are going to happen. But if the drawings are clear and concise, then we can cut down on that. Yeah, 100%. So you take the drawings, and the first thing you do is you mark the shit out of them. <clears throat> So, yeah, for the most part, yeah. And yeah. then uh, it just matter if our surveyor's given us our points, then we're going to set up some lines. A couple guys are going to start packing out 2x10s, 2x12s, whatever. And everyone's got their tasks. You get a guy set up on the cut station, cutting spreaders, cutting stakes. And you get a couple guys building and a couple guys setting to height, and we start going to town. And if it's a big enough job and I have my total station set up, 
I literally just sit there with an iPad and my uh, prism and I'll just walk around and it'll tell me it's more accurate than the tip of a pencil is. So yeah. for, for layout for walls, we're, we're laughing. I just go there and I just put pieces of ribbon and I'll spray paint the dimensions of the footing and guys can literally just connect the dots. So if it, if it's going like an L, I'm going to have each point of the L there and they, they are the measurements right there, what they have to cut that board at, it'll hit nail to nail and they just keep moving forward. So things like that, we're trying to do to just cut down on time and labor. Yeah, for sure. So from there, where you guys go from there? So the crew starts going at it, starts building all the footings. Yeah. Um, we get our footings done and we rarely pour anything like monolithic, especially with commercial stuff a lot, like the amount of rebar and the it's footings. It's too much. It's too big, and, right? Yeah. And hook dowels and everything else. Yeah. All that has to be tied in ahead of time. We don't, we don't wet set anything anymore because it all has to be inspected by the engineer. Uh, so yeah, we're pouring the footings and then if it's say like a parkade foundation, then we start mobilizing our uh, wall forms and our telehandler and we start standing walls. We can do about a hundred feet of wall, uh, one sided ready for rebar in just under a day. Oh, wow. Uh, about, about 10 feet high. You guys yeah. are boogieing, man. That's fast. Uh, it's just panels, just panels. Just yeah. Drop them, click them together and away you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I want to ask you about your engineers. Are your engineers out west the same as ours where they'll park their Lexus or their Porsche right at the foot of the, the excavation hole? Like they'll get as close as possible? Uh, we're, <laughs> we're fortunate. The engineers I work with, I wouldn't say are like that. I haven't had that experience I've seen in a that while. several and times I, in Toronto. And I think I think being commercial and industrial, you they know they have to inspect yes. everything. I, I have had... I have had the odd time where you tell them they got to go up a ladder and it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you ran over their dog. It's like they're yeah. stunned. Uh, what did you just yeah. say to me? I know. I yeah. get it. I get it. Yeah. You, you realize they're afraid of heights and go up. <laughs> Crap. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So then from there, so you, you basically just go from each flow from the, at that point, right? And you're just yeah. taking it from yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we don't do too much multi-story concrete work. So we're, you know, a parkade or maybe another floor on top. Uh, sometimes our elevator cores will go up three to four stories. We're, most of our work's low rise. So low rise commercial and low rise apartments with like wood frame on top of the suspended slab primarily. A lot easier yeah. to strip those frames, those forms that you guys are working with? Oh yeah. Uh, my panels are all in really good shape so they don't have a lot of defects in them to catch anything. And we, we oil them really good. You, you undo the ties, and I'm hooked onto the panel with the forklift and you just plop it off it's and done, away man. I go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But like one panel weighs uh, 750 pounds. So you're not, you're not even, you're not, you're not, you're not doing anything without equipment. No, you, you so you're using a telehander to lift that stuff out of there yeah. and one yeah. by one, right? Yeah. So the guys you're are building... down on the floor and they're just unlocking it and then taking the panel yeah. away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's similar. It's the same system plus or minus as Perry or Doka. The system I use is just, a different one does does low rise commercial yeah yeah oh sorry <laughs> oh uh okay sorry she was just telling me the laptop battery's uh down to 10 percent uh oh oh so what does that mean oh it's gonna die soon <laughs> uh we'll tell you what we'll keep on going hopefully it doesn't die but we'll, we'll keep on going 
I was gonna. Okay, let me give you a little history here, Ben. How's the ten percent? Yep. Is there any way? Hang on. Is there any way that we could? Because you're connected to. Um, Got it. Okay. Well, we'll try to figure it out, Ben. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> okay. No um, okay. So um, I just wanted to tell you a little bit of history facts. I mean, we were trying to go out west, and, and we had some facts here about uh, Seattle. So during the dry summer of 1889, um, a tipped-over glue pot in a carpentry shop resulted in a fire that consumed an entire business district and caused around $20 million worth of damage, which is the equivalent to $603 million today. Yeah, from a little tip of uh, a glue pot. That's what happened there. The fire did kill one million rodents. Uh, however, <laughs> one million rodents. Someone actually counted all that shit. Wow. Uh, the fire also resulted in a new building ordinance. So all of a sudden, building code came in. Uh, so that's just a little history fact there on uh, on that man. I feel. Huh. Are, are we gonna? How are you gonna count this down? I'm trying to figure out. Oh, come on. Seriously, this is going to be bad. It's terrible. It's going to die soon then. <laughs> I feel bad. Sorry, Ben, because I never brought Norris. my... There's no way of trying to figure out... And then if we disconnect Zoom and then what... No. Um, no, but then he won't see us. Will he see us at all? What are we at now? 7%? Shit. Well, Ben, let's keep on talking and we'll get yeah. some stuff done. If it dies, it dies. And I apologize if it dies. So it's just on no our problem. fault we'll there. No, so yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you, um, a kid wants to get into construction and they want to walk on your job site. They see you. What exactly should they do? Like, should they have the nerve to come up to you and just say hello, introduce themselves and get started? Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. They're yeah. going to be intimidated, though. They're going to see this well-oiled machine. They're going to be intimidated, right? Ah, uh, there's work for everybody. There's there's always something somebody can do. Man, I love that. I, I would I would I would never turn away somebody that walked onto site and said they wanted to just start working. That would be uh, yeah. It just shows drive, right? Of course. It's somewhere to start. I mean, how did the the kid? The kid came from the school, right? So your your youngest there that's on the crew, he came from the school. Uh, he actually, uh, replied to Kijiji ad, I believe. Wow. Or, or indeed, indeed rather. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I just said, go and turned out to be a, a good kid with a good drive and wants to work hard. So yeah, I don't, I don't think you need experience. I think we can, we can teach it and it's probably half the time better us teaching it than you get some grumpy guy coming on site that thinks he knows everything. And quite often that's not the case either. Are there a lot of, um, I guess, are there bad apples in your industry? No, there's not. Oh. Are there? <laughs> 100%. 100%. I know there is. I'm just trying to be hopeful and optimistic. I know yeah, I've, dealt, I've dealt with a few of them getting to this point of having a steady crew. That's for sure. I think one year I went through about 20 uh, employees. In one just, year? Yeah. And not like not went through them. No, no, no. But constantly had ads out and would hire guys and they would no show and the no texts, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Three day work days and then they're gone. And yeah, there's, there's been some, there's been some good stories. That's for sure. Uh, so, so what do you think is it that they, they just don't look at it and they go, no, I could probably make more money doing something else, I guess. Uh, probably, or, you know, maybe they just 
got one job as they're waiting on the next or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Filler jobs and yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to figure out where, where people are and what they're doing and how to get them on your side. So, I mean, the uh, biggest problem now in this industry is that we see the void coming. We see that yeah. there's going to be this void. Like, yeah. how else can we prepare for this? I mean, I guess we can't. We just got to roll with it. Yeah, we just, not much we can do. I, I try to go to the carpentry school and talk to classes as often as often as I can, just to not, not even, I always hand out business cards and hope that someone will call me up and want to come work for me type thing, but just to encourage, you know, how great being in the trades can be. And, you know, one, it's fulfilling, but also the amount of money you can make is, is is high you can yeah. if you work hard you can make a lot of money and you can do well for yourself i mean it's hard work i mean you, at least yeah. you're being honest with the kids at school you're telling them exactly what it's all about and then there is i mean there is the love of concrete like there is the love of carpentry and concrete yeah right yeah. you gotta have that and then also okay. it's the beginning of any structure so you had a hand in how that structure is going to start and stay and stay yeah, for, for a sure. very long time right and the nice people always bash on concrete and it's always funny to listen to it. But uh, the nice thing for us is most of our work is remaining exposed. So you're seeing it when the job's complete, you know, it's not just getting buried underground or whatever. Like, like everybody always used to say, Oh, it's concrete. You'll never see it again. Well, yeah, 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 no, yeah. like we're, we're doing all sorts of uh, architectural stuff as well. And like entrances, entrances to restaurants and things like that, where, you know, it, it looks good. And next time you're walking in for a beer, you're going to see it. So yeah, it's a great it's, feeling too. Things, things to be proud of for sure. Hundred percent, man. Um, I feel so bad that I, she, you could just talk. So, all right, no, we're good then. We only lost one percent, Ben. This is like, like the I don't know. This is I don't know. There's like a tsunami coming or something like that. We're trying to figure out how we're going to talk here. So I yeah. do apologize, but no, I mean like because no I know I've been reaching out to you and and I I follow you guys and I'm always in awe what you guys are doing out west. So I'm trying to figure out. I want to speak to tradespeople out east. I want to get a sense. Yeah. I started the whole show because I want to start speaking to a lot of people and have these conversations that most people that get into the industry don't ever have an opportunity to have. Right. So yeah. like, you know, a lot of the grumpy guys in the industry don't want to stop and have to educate somebody. They want somebody to just pay attention and absorb yeah. the education, which is yeah. yes. And yes, I kind of believe it, but mm -hmm. I think we still as tradespeople in this industry and, and us working in the industry have a duty to kind of stop and share the education. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's a time and a place for both. I I do lean to both sides on that one. I, I think that there's a time to put your head down and just work. Sometimes we just need people to produce and work hard and not be worried about what the rest of the world is doing. Yeah. But like you say, there's the times when you when you have the time and you know it, it's suited to yeah explain what the next step is and the reason why the theories behind why like you don't just say this is what we do. Well, what's the reason that we we're doing what we're doing? How how come? What's what's the consequence if we don't? Well, consequence for us, if we do certain things bad, then when that big earthquake comes, this building's just gonna fall over or things things like that, right? Yeah. Why is the rebar? Well, there's rebar because concrete will just shake apart and the two of them need to coincide together and be one, right? Are you guys getting into any structures? I'm wondering if the commercials, you guys never get into any ICF kind of stuff for in a commercial application. Uh, no. And even on my residential jobs, I personally haven't come across it yet. It's going crazy in Vancouver. It seems most houses are 
getting done with ICF right now in Vancouver, but just one that hasn't come across my lap yet to to do one type. Yeah, thing. I'm just but. curious. And then I guess, are you a fan of the fiber in the concrete? Uh, like as the rebar or as yeah, like the, I guess, the fiber well, I guess it depends on the engineer. I don't know if they're using it instead of or in complement of. We we don't see it at all. Um, there is fiberglass rebar here in Vancouver, yeah. but I don't think for structural applications, it's quite been approved yet. Yeah. And I think, I think the hard part with that, I hope it gets approved and I hope there's ways we can work forward, but the problem is you can't bend it. Nope. So for your stirrups, for your ties, all that stuff, if you can't bend it to make that and each one's having to be custom formed instead of just bent, I, I think that's going to be the hold up on that aspect for a little while, but for residential work, it would be great. You can, you can lift twice, <laughs> 10 times as much I, I know. You can, as you can with the steel. So I, I would love it. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're, you're world strong man at that time, right? You're like thinking, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm carrying everything at once. I know I totally exactly. got it. And, and your corrosion resistance is going to be huge. Uh, especially, you know, where you're by, by the ocean and dealing with salt as well. Right. But they're more expensive too, right? Or no, I, I don't know okay. the price per 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 pound or per length difference. Okay. But you guys also out. must have during the whole last couple of years the increase in steel, right? Increase in concrete, increase in everything. Yeah, everything's gone through the roof. You can't for me I was I, I definitely lost out during COVID on a couple of jobs in not following the price changes as much as I should have been. Yeah. Because some things were just doubling faster than you could even you know, you get your monthly bill and you go, oh, I had no clue that product even went up. There's no way I can come back to the client and be like, oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Ouch. Can't, yeah. So hopefully things balance, but I, I doubt they will. I think we're in this new world where things can just shoot up and down as much as they want. Ben, do you think it's actually going to drop? Like you think it's going to lower or level itself out eventually? Um. I think it's the same as gas prices and stuff. I think it'll, they'll oh, keep man, You can't things. say that because you guys are paying like insane <laughs> oh, yeah. fuel prices. They'll, out they'll there. keep, they'll keep just spiking things so that they can have the balance point be way higher than it was. Yeah. So that it feels better. Oh, I'm paying less than I was two weeks ago, but you're still paying, uh, you know, a third more than you were paying three weeks back type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll they'll keep doing the spikes so that they can balance back down the main level is kind of the way I look at that. But yeah, fuel prices are yeah, I, I don't want to know how much money. I, I don't know. I, I, it hurts too much, man. It just hurts <laughs> yeah, too yeah. much. I wanted to ask you if if you're getting into this specific trade, what do you want to tell somebody that's just getting in that they should have, they must have as part of their own personal arsenal? Like how should they shoot? I mean, outside of it, we know already safety gear and all this other stuff, but yeah. the tool belt and everything like that, like what should they have? We're pretty basic. Uh, you show up with a hammer, a tape measure, a speed square and a pouch. You're, you're off to the races. You're good that's, to go, uh, man. You're good to yeah, go. Yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty much it. Hard hat and steel to boots and the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have doubles of everything in my truck. So you'll be okay anyways. Just in case. Yeah. That's too funny, man. Um, and then, okay, so now are you planning for the next decade or so? Are you thinking that far ahead? I'm assuming that you're busy already going into 23, right? Yeah, we're we're busy. We're I I'm, I've, I would say I'm booked up for the next year and a half, plus or minus, depending on permits, because permitting here is how is it? So, uh, we're 
one project that I was looking at last week, they've been in for 18 months now. And that's, what's, that's kinda... uh, what's the hold up or what's, what's going on? <laughs> it's just our, I, I don't know. There's just just building up. department, building department, yeah, 100% delays. just the building department. Yeah. Wow. People get, and you know, they come back at you and they go, oh, you need to give us this plan or change this and this, and you can provide them with that information and you still get nowhere. Um, yeah, we one job right now. I know they came back and basically said, uh, we'll talk to you. We'll let you know in about 10 months when we start looking at it. And they actually said that to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to me personally, but through clients. What is it? A backlog at the city or something like that? Or yeah, that there's a backlog and that. I think they, I think the cities are happy where they're at. You know, they, they have enough staff to cover off the inspections and the amount of staff they have in the office checking plans. It works out that everyone's got a job and everyone's busy. I, I don't know. They, you know, it'd be great if they hired more staff in both aspects and we could start pushing things through faster, but. Oh running, man, that's crazy. Everybody thinks they're getting the permit next week and sometimes it'll be six months from that date and it makes it hard especially as a foreman contractor because you're the first on site other than excavation and you'll be planning for a job to happen in october and it's not going to start till march or june or something right so that, that's, price the, wise, that's when, another constant battle yeah when you submitted your quote you submitted your estimate for this job yeah 10 months 18 months down the line you can't still keep that same price right it's impossible no exactly and like we used to be able to keep those same prices because prices were stable. But yeah. now every time you do a quote, you're having to put a side note in there that the price is only valid for 60 days. And every time you got to look at it, the drawings again and figure out what, what products went up in value or, you know, even labor's having to go up pretty fast nowadays to keep people happy because the cost of living's through the roof. It's insane. I know. That's how it is, yeah, right? You know, two bags of groceries the other day. I think it was like 180 bucks or something. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wasn't buying no fancy cheese. It's insane, man. It's insane. <laughs> I know. But it, it, do you see anything going down? Material-wise, has anything gone down in the last three years? No, not down. No. Like I say, same thing. They've gone down to a point, but the point's still higher than it was. Than what before it all started. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Man um okay so you know what i do she's like give me a little countdown here so yeah, i apologize yeah. but i want to definitely let me do the 12 questions of construction first so i get that okay and then if yeah. we do die out i'll apologize over and over but um <laughs> ben what is your favorite construction word oh i wrote this down but now i'm second guessing myself but you're honestly, allowed to second uh, guess you can say whatever you uh, want <laughs> uh crane of course you, you, man you tell, you tell me that there's a crane coming somewhere and i'll get pretty excited so that's always fun <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word uh it's two words and it's a uh, line pump i i have no desire to work with a line pump to save my life i'll i'll pick a boom over any day of lugging hoses around to get something poured bad experience for one or, or <laughs> every time's a bad experience every time what turns you on in construction um you know, a good busy site, you know, with lots happening and, you know, you've got diesel motors running from excavators or something like that. And, you know, just a, the good hum of, of everything happening. You can hear everyone hitting nails. And I love that. Yeah. When it goes quiet, if it's quiet and it's not lunchtime, we got a problem. Yeah. There's a major problem. What yeah. turns you off in construction? Uh, the opposite of that. Just when things aren't flowing, when you're on a job, that's not, not going anywhere, not getting answers, those types of things. And you're, you're stuck not not being able to move forward that's that's always a struggle 
What's your favorite curse word or phrase? Probably just a good old classic fuck. Can't go wrong. <laughs> Can be used in any situation. Yeah, there you go. What is your favorite vehicle in the entire world to anything at all? Probably a Ford GT. Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it would have to be an old one or even like when they the different recreations they've done in present. Those are they're a good looking car. Can't go wrong with it. Least yeah. favorite vehicle in the entire world. Uh, one of those little boxy things, whatever they are, Scion or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, those come up a lot. What construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, probably early in the morning when I can hear uh, a pump truck motor or a concrete mixer motor going. And yeah, it's actually a really sweet morning. sound, eh? Yeah, yeah. As they're revving up and yeah. you know something's about to happen. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a fun couple hours. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Uh, when they're nailing Q-decking on uh, industrial jobs and you're inside the building trying to do something. Oh, man. It's like being it's, at a bad concert. It's so, eh? so loud. I know. And you just can't focus that day. You can't do anything. Just it's gunshots going off above your head. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt <clears throat> one day? Uh, probably some sort of like mountain guiding or something or like search and rescue somewhere along those lines. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> what profession do you never want to do? Uh, probably a doctor. Yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. No, I don't want to do it for you. People and their issues. I'm okay. <laughs> so maybe a shrink. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be like, take a pill. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question. If heaven pills. exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, they're all sitting over there waiting for you. Nice. Yeah. Right. So we don't want to wrap it up just yet. I just want to let everybody yeah, know that we're I talking to, to Ben Coburn here, Chase Contracting and www.chasecontractingltd.com. And then it's Ben at chasecontractingltd.com. And on Instagram is chasecontractingltd. What are we down to? 2%. 2%, Ben. This is a first for us. And I totally, I, I apologize. And before you go, let me get a quick Polaroid because I do this. Oh, awesome. Ready? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, there you go. I tried to look at the camera on that one. So <laughs> no, I got it. It's cool. Um, what else you want to chat about as we got our last 2% just in case? Um, let, let's go backwards to bone to pick. Yes, please. Um, differences in each trade and how much they get to charge per hour. That's actually a very good one. <laughs> and this this might piss off a couple plumbers. No, it won't. But, no, it won't. Uh, I'm still not sure why the heck they get to charge, uh, you know, sometimes even double the rates that I can charge as a carpenter when I'm doing work on site. And, uh, you know, what? Uh, why Why is that so different? We, uh, we've all gone to school for four years, got our tickets. We all have our special tools. Uh, we know our things. You know, that should be across the board instead of, yeah. You know what? It's a very good point that you bring up, man. <laughs> to be very honest, it's a very good point. Yeah. And I, I guess each trade is, uh, for lack of a better word, taking advantage of certain situations, I guess. And just yeah, trying to sure. figure out where they can push their goal line, right? That's yeah. I guess that's what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. No, you, you know what? That's a valid point, man. It totally is. Any other trades that you see that as well? Um. You know, it's just kind of the the big the big three. I would say like plumbers, electricians, and HVAC. They they really get to they get to charge a lot of money. I'm not disagreeing with work. you, man. And it, I if, I, if I ever try to charge those type of dollars to a client, they they would laugh. And you just go like, "What's what's the difference?" Is all I want to know. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, you bring up a very good point, man. And nobody's ever brought that up. Definitely not the plumbers, electricians, or the HVAC guys. Have brought <laughs> they it might up. be pissed off after this one. <laughs> no, no, but I recently had a, an electrician on, and, and he actually admitted to that a lot of new electricians think themselves as doctors. They're the doctor of the yeah. construction job site, right? So yeah. they think that yeah. their hierarchy is way above everybody else, which is not the case. I've always said no. that everybody's on a team, everybody's on a level playing field, and I agree with you. I totally agree with you that they all should be reflected in their compensation, yeah. man. And just straight straight across the board as much as possible would, uh, you know, let's balance it out and let me make the money they're making. Would be nice. <laughs> would be nice, man. You got a lot more heavy lifting than they got to do. But I mean, mind you, I'm not knocking it, and I'm gonna have some plumbers on the sh on the show real soon. They do have to carry those three inch, twelve foot long pieces of pipe. Those yeah, are, those are yeah. very heavy. You know, like they're full of air. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, don't worry. Send your letters to Manny. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I won't even read them. I'll just get you on the show, and we'll talk about it. So sounds good no it's all good so i do apologize that we're gonna die soon one percent uh oh, this has been an interesting show and i really apologize about that um anything good. else you want to share just like i guess some words of encouragement for next generation coming into this industry i i think the best thing you want to do if you're getting into this industry is try as many jobs as possible you know maybe don't waste time going to school for something you're not positive in just Go out there and, you know, work a month with a drywaller, work a month with an electrician, or not a month, longer than that. So you can actually get a taste of the trade. 